I was, uh, thank you, I was speaking uh, back in the 9th of September, and I started a series on passion. I want to jump back into that. I'll go over a few things uh, uh, on the word passion, because over the summer, uh, we ended up uh, going through a series on the lifestyle of a worshiper, that worship isn't the sound of music. Worship is a lifestyle. This is praise, exalting, you know, but worship isn't slow music in my books. We can say, oh, you know, well, that's a worship song because it's slow. It's actually not the biblical terminology of worship, okay? So everything that was, was musical in Scripture was always talking about praise, high praise. So here, I believe the lifestyle of a worshiper is something we choose to live. It doesn't mean you're singing all the time because some of you are tone deaf and it's better if you don't sing, okay? But because uh, it takes a lot of us out of praise. I'm just kidding. No, I, I'm sure, you know, you're making a holy sound under the Lord and just kidding. Come on. Don't be offended. You only know you're tone deaf if someone has told you that, so... I have a tone-deaf friend, and when he sings, he has no idea he's tone-deaf until someone says it. But it might not be tone-deaf in the sounds of God. God wants us to love him passionately with all our heart. I went over some of this on September 9th. I'm just doing a quick refresher. There's seven passion killers that I want to talk through, things that will take us or kill our passion. One of them is unbalanced schedule, two is an unused talent, three is an unconfessed sin, four is an unresolved conflict, five, an unsupported lifestyle, six, an unclear purpose, and seven, an undernourished spirit or family. We're going to go through each one step by step, however many weeks it takes. And so last, uh, on September 9th, I talked about reigniting your passion for God. Because the creative force behind all great art, all great drama, all great music, all great architecture, all great writing, the force behind it is always passion. If it's famous, there was passion that drove it to fame. If you know someone's name about something that they've done and accomplished, it will be passion that drove them there. Most of us have heard of a man named Edison. He formed a light bulb, but how many times he struck out? How many times that bulb didn't work until one day it did? You see, the thing is, is passion is when it's in our life, it becomes a lifestyle in such a way that when we fail or feel we failed, it will not stop because of what we perceive as a failure. Because passion doesn't actually know failure. See, passion in heaven knows understanding of truth. There is no failure in the kingdom of God. And so passion isn't, isn't doing something until you fail. Passion is learning from everything that people say was a failure to become understanding in the thing so you can actually passionate drive it to success. But so many people, they get a little light of passion in their life. A little fire starts to burn. And then they try something and they step out in faith and they go for it. And all of a sudden, it doesn't happen the way they thought it should happen. And whew, where, did the, where did the flame go? But you see, true passion never understands failure. Nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. You want to accomplish something great in life, I guarantee you we have to learn how to be passionate people. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. Oh, I'm in such a great time in my life. Well, it is the passion continually growing that will keep you sustaining in that great season. 
As soon as the passion starts to dwindle, the season starts to fade with it. Passion is what energizes life. Passion makes the impossible possible. Passion gives you a reason to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to do something amazing with my life today. That's passion. You know what? The thing about passion is it's not an emotion. Passion is never related to what you feel at the time. Passion is a choice. But so many people want the emotion to trigger the passion. Well, if I just buy this, I'll be more passionate. I used that excuse many times. It didn't work. Because then it got used by me. And then you want something new again to reignite that passion. I'm not going to go to church because I got hurt. What you're saying is that your success in life is based out of your emotional feeling of what someone did or didn't do to you. Well, then Jesus has all the right to not hang on the cross for you. But it was passion that drove him. And it drove him, and it drove him because he knew what his father did. He saw it, and he heard what his father said. And it was the passion of the word that defeated the devil in the 40 days of fasting. Without passion, let me preach to you without passion. Without passion, life becomes monotonous. Without passion, life becomes routine, becomes dull. Matter of fact, it's just, it's just a drizzly, rainy, garbagey day. Why am I even here? Oh, I know we're going to have turkey dinner, but you know what? I don't even want to leave my trailer. You know? I don't even want to get up tomorrow. No, when I got up this morning, I woke up just before my alarm, said to my wife, my alarm's going to go off. And then internally, I, I want to be here. You know why? Because we get together together as family on Thanksgiving weekend? Are you serious? Why wouldn't I want to be here? Well, because I got to put the turkey in the oven and I got to do the potatoes and I got to do the carrots and I hope everyone comes over and enjoys the meal that I slaved at. Passion to be family makes turkey dinners taste amazing even when you burn the turkey. Or you pull it out of the oven because you spent all the day, all morning at church, and you pull it out of the oven, it's not quite cooked yet. Passion in family lets people hang together, do things, fun things, and don't even worry what time the turkey gets cooked. Passion is what mobilizes armies into action. Passion is what causes explorers to boldly go where no man's gone before. Even Star Trek, the guys had passion. <laughs> they survived everything. It was crazy, Captain Kirk. I mean, he should have died how many times? <laughs> passion.
Depression is what causes scientists to spend late night hours trying to find the cure for dreaded diseases. Passion is what takes a good athlete and turns him or her into a great athlete where they're breaking world records. We've got to have passion in our lives. Because if we don't have passion in our lives, I guarantee you, your life will be dull. And you're going to be looking to buy something to bring the excitement back. But let me tell you, when you live in an excitement of passion in your life, then your little Ford Pinto, some people don't know what that was, <laughs> the bomb behind the seat if you got rear-ended, do you remember that? I had one of those Ford Pintos. I paid 400 bucks for it. I only bought it because I didn't want to wreck my muscle car driving it up the ski hill. It was my ski car. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of passion for it, that little Ford Pinto. But the reality is, is no matter what you have, if with passion that's truly on fire for God, you will rejoice and celebrate with God with what he's given you. Instead of, oh God, I don't like my car. I don't like where I'm living. I don't like my hair's falling out. I don't like the gray in my beard. I don't even know if I like my wife anymore and my kids. And I don't like my job. And you know what? Oh, heaven forbid that we live in that type of an atmosphere. Because if you do, you will be a big black cloud amongst your people. And I know we all have an uncle that could be a bit of a big back cloud in the family. <laughs> you know those really loud ones? I gotta be careful what I say. Could be watching. Mark 12, 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he had, had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And in verse 29, Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 30, and you shall love the Lord God with all your heart. Love the Lord God with all your heart, physically, the heart, the spiritual thoughts, the feelings of the mind, the thoughts, that word, cardia, also includes passion. Love the Lord your God with all your passions. I love it in the Passion Bible, Mark 12, just 30. I'm gonna, I did this a couple weeks ago. I was going over it real quick. Mark 12, verse 30 in the Passion Bible. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is written within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment, passion. Man, we need to camp out on that for a little bit. But I want to I wanna just start sharing a bit here. Let me just find it. I scroll down. Let's see. I've got quite a few pages to go. How long do you guys want to be here? You're not passionate about your turkeys, right? Seven passion killers, unbalanced schedule. I want to talk about an unbalanced schedule. An unbalanced schedule 
means that if you're overworked or you're underworked, you're going to lose your passion for life and lose your passion for God. An unbalanced schedule, I will probably rest assured if we did a show of hands, there's people in here with an unbalanced schedule. I'm going to talk about the differences of what an unbalanced schedule looks like. Because life is a series of seasons. How many of you have had a really good season? Put your hand up. Not many. Let me try it again. How many of you have had a really good season in your life at some point in time? Like, thank you. Uh, One was you were born. That was a good season. You cried, but that was a good cry. If you're married, get your hand up quicker, okay? And keep the good season. Every one of us has had a good season. How many of us have had a bad season? Put your hand up. Wow, those went up faster. That was very interesting. Either you're getting skilled or the bad seasons overpower the memories of the good. Surely that wouldn't happen, right? Like, we don't get consumed with all the negative news, do we? We always look for the good, right? Like, and get excited about the good. (sighs) The Bible speaks that there's a season for everything and a rhythm to life. There's a season for everything. And in that, there's a rhythm in life. Now, I know the rhythm in life gets a little bit difficult. So sometimes, don't put your hand up. But do you know people that are like really up and then really down? And then really up, and really down, and really up, and really down. Does anybody know someone like that? Don't put your hands up because they might be sitting beside you. (laughs) You see, there's seasons in life, but are we called and destined to be really up and then really down? I mean, it's kind of like if you've ever been at sea and there's a huge storm blowing on the Pacific Ocean. And as the wind blows faster, the waves get bigger. And let me tell you, from experience firsthand as a captain in yachts, I will tell you that the really up and the really down is not fun. That that boat is doing that every six seconds or eight seconds, whatever the set is. What's really fun is when there's a, and you're in a sailboat, there's a beautiful 15-knot wind blowing and no waves. Up go the sails. And it's just peaceful and beautiful. Or if you're in a powerboat, there's not even 15 knots blowing. There's just no waves. And on goes, up come the engines, and on goes the autopilot. It's just beautiful. You get to sit out there and look at the gorgeous handiwork that God has given to us. Because waves in life are going to be up and down. But that's actually not the rhythm of heaven. The rhythm of heaven is smooth. And you could say it's extreme vertical or it's just extremely consistent. Either way, it's higher in consistency than you and I are on earth. And so I want to go after consistent living to get the rhythm where, where, the, where, where our music is being played at a steady, steady pace and a steady beat, but yet we're steadily getting higher and higher in the presence of God because 
This? Oh, I'm on fire! I'm in sin. I'm on fire! I'm in sin. I'm on fire! I'm on sin. It doesn't work! What kind of a testimony is that? Not just to you, but to the people around us. We need to have both rest and work. I'm going to say input and output in our lives. We need to have input and output in our lives. Because if we don't have both input and output in our lives, then we're going to get really lopsided. Let me explain. We come to church. Oh, we get input, input, input. We get input, input, input. We get import, import, import. <laughs> and we don't have any output. What happens if you input food in and you got no output? That was a physical analogy which has a bad picture to it, so just scratch that from your mind. It's not the direction I wanted to go. Where do you think the term holy rollers came from? Input, input, input. I got so much input, but I got no output. I got input. I'm fed in the presence of God. I'm fed in the church. I'm an elder. I'm a leader. No, well, no, that has some output. You're not even an elder, a leader. I want to be an elder. You can't be an elder. You're too fat. Not physically. Hear my point. I'm talking spiritually. Why aren't you? Where's your output? Is it in your family then at least? Are you waking up in the morning? If you're not at least serving in the church, are you at least serving in your family? Yeah, I'm a slave in my family. That's not serving. You come to church and you want to pray for your family. You want to pray for your, your, your unsaved loved ones or, or the backslidden ones. Or, or, or you want to be healed and you want to walk in the miraculous. You want, to, you want to do this stuff. Well, how much input do you have versus your output? Because if we don't have output, then spiritually we're getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And I believe that God has called us to be lean fighting machines. In his presence. I don't care what your body fat content is or the weight you are. It doesn't matter. Some people are like anorexic. Others are like plump. Where's the balance? There is no balance. This one's like really skinny and this one's like plump. Whatever. That's not, that's not what matters. What matters is... What are you receiving from God and what are you doing with it? Because if we're not doing something with it, then we're just getting out of balance. And that out of balance will cause you to lose passion. Go to Bible study without practicality. It's kind of like going to university for your whole life instead of a, a seven-year doctorate or 20-year doctorate. You're doing 50 years of university. Well, what are you studying? More. Well, at some point in time, you, 
you kind of got to take what you learned and apply it. Otherwise, you have knowledge with no wisdom. Wisdom is the wise application of what you know. Wisdom isn't head knowledge. Wisdom is not memorizing the full Bible. That's called knowledge. But taking what you memorized, implying it, now you're called wise. Jesus is called the man of wisdom. Why? He didn't just use his head knowledge. His head knowledge that he knew created action on the earth. Then we get back to my pulpit. (laughs) If you have too much rest or work, you'll start the process of losing your passion. If you have too much of one or the other, you become imbalanced. And when we become imbalanced, your passion tanks. It disappears. It goes away. And on the other side, we have one side that's like extreme workers. Work, 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 work. Serve, 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 serve. And after two, three, four, five, six years... All of a sudden, they're no longer in the church or in the family. Or the family doesn't want to hang with them anymore. And then on the other side of the coin, we have sleep, 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 rest, 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 sleep, rest, sleep, rest, TV channel, need two remotes. And pretty soon, they lose passion of doing anything but flipping the remotes. And then you start to hear their conversations. Oh, 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 I can't wait till the next series comes out. Oh, 24 is going to come out next year. Anybody remember that? I didn't even know what 24 was. I know it's 24 hours in a day. And then I actually watched some of those old series, 24. Actually, they're quite exciting. And things, all of a sudden, we get so occupied on on what's going to help us sleep and rest and not go out and mow the lawn and do the garden and rototill the front field. Oh, like I did yesterday, just what we did. I wanted to get out and ride my motorbike. It was a beautiful sunny day. How many more sunny days are we going to get in 2018? Oh, no. No, it's the farm work day. And it was fun. I had a blast. It was excellent. In this group, chances are half, three quarters of you are one or the other of either what we call workaholics or lazyholics. We're all different in our personalities. But let's take a look at Psalms chapter 127, verse 2. I'm going to read it actually in the Passion Bible. I don't know if we have that passion up there or not. I just, I really like what this. This says, 
Psalms 127, verse 2. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. How many of us grew up? Pay the mortgage off, pay the mortgage off, pay the mortgage off. Get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt. Matter of fact, don't even go in debt. And then our parents, well, not mine, they were missionaries, but some parents said their land became worth millions of dollars and they were millionaires. But they still lived with a poverty mentality. And so their kids who grew up in a poverty mentality got given millions of dollars with a poverty mentality. And they just squandered it or lost it. I'm not saying that's the pattern. It just happens to be some of the pattern of the past. I'm not saying go get in debt, go get a bigger mortgage, go buy something you can't afford. Absolutely not. That's absolutely ridiculous. But what I am saying is that we can slave so hard that I will have no time to spend with my children. I will have no time to spend with my wife because I'm work, work, work. That's what a man does. Work, work, work. You know what a man does if he's a husband? He's to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He's to love his children and be an example of a father to them. Yes, we work, like they say, when the hay's in the field, we go and we make hay. And we're 24 hours a night throwing bales. Absolutely. But at the same time, we need to take rest. Teach our kids good work habits. But in the same time, teach them how to vacation and rest. And in a week and a half, we're off to Mexico. The whole family. We're going down to celebrate my wife's and my 30-year anniversary. Even Jessica from Hillsong, Sydney's flying over. It's crazy when the kids want to do vacation with the parents. It's a beautiful thing. And you know what? I'm going to play on vacation. They could have a little sailboat down there, a little Hobie cat. I'm going out sailing. Sharon, she just loves the sun on the beach. Yeah, I, I have an umbrella. And I like watching people. That's good enough. But, man, maybe we'll go quadding. Maybe we'll go sailing. Maybe we'll go fishing. No, Brent, you need to rest. That is resting for me. I had a fly-off on Thursday. I'm up doing a men's conference in... in uh, Slave Lake, Alberta. It's going to be wonderful. I get to do uh, Friday night, two sessions on Saturday, and two morning services on Sunday. Get back to Edmonton Sunday night, early morning flight straight to Houston, meet my daughter Jessica in Houston uh, to Cancun. Oh, and then we drive down to the Riviera Maya. People say to me, I see some of you, how can he as a pastor afford to do that? How can me as a pastor not afford to rest and have some time with my family? I tell you what, this ministry and the ministry I'm called into is not going to lose this family. There's balance, input, and output. Oh, I got a busy schedule coming up. I'm going to make the 
100,000 miler club this year. Yeah. Some free upgrades again. Yeah. But you know what? I have so much passion for God that I couldn't just sit still and do nothing. Are you kidding me? Well, let's come to church. And the one thing we'll get offended at is if someone sits in our chair that is our chair. We've had that chair for so long. I can't come to church and come inside and, 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 and be in prayer and intercession and praising of God in my life. I can't come to church bored. I got to come to church on fire. And it's not me other, okay, I'm really bored, but I'm going to just be fake. Oh, I'm not being fake. I'm being real. If you know me, I'm going after God with everything I can. I've got my arms, my feet, my legs all hanging on. And I'll never let it go. Why? Because I chose passion. That a passionate lifestyle after God is way better than a passionate lifestyle after sin. I tried that. Didn't work so good. The hangovers, it hurts in your head. Now I get to go into the men's bathroom and one of the young men came in and he's just like, oh, fairly new to the church. He's like, oh, I can't believe this is so awesome. He's like, I, 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 this is awesome. It's just like, I open up to, to get God in me and it's like, I got tingles and goosebumps on my body and I'm like, and I'm taking a whiz in the urinal, and he's saying this. And I'm like, wow. It started getting me a little drunk in the spirit in the men's bathroom. Because when you've seen someone new in the church experience what it's like to give it all into God. Oh, my goodness. Hey, sometimes bathrooms are... Good places to hang with God. I, you're hanging there. You know, you sit. Oh, that sounded bad. You're sitting there. I'm not saying that sacrilegiously. I'm saying that any moment of time, we stop doing what we think we have to do. And we actually spend time with God. It doesn't matter if you're in a bathroom, in your car, in a restaurant, in church. Because the passion I'm talking about doesn't just walk in those doors on Sunday. It leaves those doors with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a choice. It's a choice that we have to choose to step into. And if we don't choose to step into it, you're going to be just bummed out and dull. Well, I want to be dull because that's all I know. Silence in the name of Jesus. That is the wrong spirit talking. Yeah, but I'm just not respected. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. I just don't have much passion or vision. Silence in the name of Jesus. That is not your destiny. And that is not your identity. You're a son a daughter of the king. You are a prince. You're a princess. Male is a prince and female is a princess, not the other way around. 
And God is calling us into a lifestyle of such extreme passion that nothing that happens on this earth is going to take us out of the passion and the fire that God has called us into in in our lives. Because seriously, if we let everything wrong take us out of the passion of God, then what we're doing is we're empowering the wrongs in our life. Yeah, but you don't understand what happened. It hurt so bad. I know. And God is there holding on to you and will never let you go. And sometimes you need to have times where, 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 where you just have to cry and you have to pour out to God. But God wants us to get it off of our chest and not carry the burdens of this earth and instead carry the victories of Jesus Christ in our life, a risen Lord and Savior. He doesn't want us to live in a depressive state. He will never, ever allow anything to come our way that he has not already given us power and authority to overcome. But it's just too heavy. It's too big of a price. It's too big of a burden. You know how many times I've said that in ministry? When arrows are flying and hitting you in your back and knives are being pushed in and pulled out, People literally pray that you will die. I tell you what, I have cried out, oh God, please take this cup from me. But something radically starts to happen. And God says, I don't want to take the cup, I just want to fill it up again. That's your cup. And you get to choose whether you're going to hold it empty half full or overflowing because that overflowing means you have enough passion in your life for God that he's ready to open the floodgates of heaven in your life I keep hearing in the spirit would he hurry up my turkey's gonna burn I'm sorry I just you know bad being prophetic that was pathetically prophetic but hey if it burns believe it'll rise from the ashes I don't know <laughs> call it phoenix or something oh no no that's you know I want to talk about lack of passion creates dry bones saying something today this might be a one year long series the rate I'm going you're like a fire in my bones and I'm going to let you out remember we sang that and immediately I, I felt to say don't be dry bones and immediately I thought of Ezekiel calling out the dry feel like the Lord is saying and he's calling out the dry bones because dry bones were in the grave and people didn't see those bones as an army they saw them as dead people and I feel like the Lord is saying to us today you get to choose to be dead dry bones or you get to choose 
bones that are alive, that the marrow in your bones is the lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? It wasn't until Ezekiel declared over those bones their goodness that the sinews and muscle tissues and skin started to form. And as it started to form, they became a mighty army. And I feel like some of you have been feeling like Some of you have the exact opposite. And you're feeling like you've never felt this fire like this before, this fire of God. I'm speaking to both sides. Input and output. That we need to have both in our life. If we don't have both in our life, you'll start losing passion. That is the one thing the enemy wants you to lose is your passion. He wanted, to, he wanted Jesus to lose his passion of truth in 40 days of fasting in the desert. But you see, Jesus chose not to lose his passion because he knew his Father. feeling dry and losing your passion, find out and change whatever it is that's taking you out. And some of you might say, well, I'm so busy at work. I'm so busy with my family. I'm so busy with everything else in life that I just don't have time to serve God. Let me tell you, that is the wrong thing to take out of life. I have found that the more I serve, the more ability and organization I have for doing the other parts of life much more efficiently. Because the true passion can only come from God and it's between you and Him. Let's all stand. God provides for the ones who love Him. You need to put that on your screensaver. Psalms 127, verse 2. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning to late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. No, I don't work because of fear of not having enough. I work because I'm called to work. And because I work hard, I have the ability to go on vacation once in a while. to not care about other people around you. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. That's all you care about. And you burn out because you're doing too much. But 
don't be on the other side of the coin either. Well, I'm just going to hang out. And please don't come up and tell me that God told you to quit working while you have a big mortgage and a car rental or a car lease. Or, well, God told me to just be in prayer. He's going to provide. So I'm going to quit my $120,000 job. Really, how much money do you have saved? Well, he told me not to save money. I had to step out in faith. Really? Do you have a mortgage? Yeah. Well, let me just tell you what God's going to tell you. That he wants you to get rid of your house and your car and every debt so you can go live in a tent on the church property here. Oh, no, he's going to provide the million dollars I need to pay my house off. No, 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 no. He gave us two hands to provide for that. Or you go to Bible studies, you go to church, you listen to the teachings here, you listen to, to, to sermons on TV, you listen to CDs of Christian speakers, seminars you go to, Christian concerts, you go to the church workshops, uh, you do this all the time, you're always learning, 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 taking in, taking in, taking in, but you're not giving out. What an unbalanced family that would be. just be eating all the time. We have to give out. Serve each other. Bless each other. Eat together as family. James 2. James chapter 2 verse 17 in the New King James Version says, James 2 verse 17, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So much for the Holy Roller Syndrome. If you have faith by itself, eat, 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 and you don't have works, your faith is dead. All that you're taking in is dead in you. I, my prayer in this ministry is that we teach truth to set you free and set us free. That we will not wishy-washy our messages so you'll give a bigger offering and we'll become a mega church. I don't care if we're a mega church or not. What I care about is that we're a healthy family growing and serving together in all that God has called us into. you realize that the more you know about God's plan for your life, the more you learn these teachings over and over again, the more responsible you are to God to run with that knowledge. You see, we are judged by what we know and what we don't do, yet we have the knowledge and understanding to do it. It's better for you to not know anything than to know something about God and not be involved with Him. Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 but reject in New King James but reject profane and old wise table fables and exercise yourself towards godliness now I'll read it in the passion be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends but instead be engaged in the training of truth uh, that brings righteousness it brings passion into our lives 
Be spiritually fit. How do you do that? The Word of God in balance in our lives. To be physically fit, we know that you got to eat right, healthy, and exercise. No difference in Scripture. To be healthy in the spiritual realm, you have to eat right, be healthy, and exercise. That's what we're called on this beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. us in the past that we can release that offense off of us in Jesus name that we're not going to walk under the words of, of somebody else who's wrong and I ask Lord God that we can be a people that can forgive ourselves for speaking things that we shouldn't have said doing things that we knew we shouldn't have done I ask Holy Spirit to fill us in such a way that the purity of our conscience in you will give us the abilities and the choices to say no when that enemy rises his dirty little head up against us. And instead, we're going to look at that attack, that devil trying to squeak that sin out in us. We're going to say, you are defeated, devil, in Jesus' name. You temptation, you have no landing spot on this person. You just fly right back to hell where you belong, you little temptation. Because I have Jesus Christ in me. I have Holy Spirit empowering me. And I have the Father's word in my heart. My passion is to serve him in all that he has called us to do. Thank you, Father. For you are in heaven and your name is hallowed. It's holy. Holy, holy, holy. 
felt like I got a little lightheaded there, like I was almost ready to lift off this platform. <laughs> Wouldn't that just shock us all? Bring it in, it's harvest time. 
His time of multiplication. He planted one seed. Sixty, a hundredfold will be returned. It's harvest That's what Thanksgiving's all about. Our celebration of Thanksgiving is the salvation of harvest.
God has called us to be protectors of his glory, of his presence, of his power, of his authority, and of our families. But don't cover it up under a bushel mold. Let your light shine. Well, I'm just going to hold it in and protect it. No. Protecting his presence is releasing it to everyone around us. It's opposite to the world's thoughts. Protecting his power and his glory is releasing it. Not holding it on and I'll never let it go. No, 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 no. Release it.